welcome once again to Dragon Sports Radio, the only radio show focusing on Howard Community College athletics. You can always find us on Dragon Digital Radio or podcast us. Search for Dragon Sports Radio on iTunes. Of course, you can check out our Facebook page at Howard Community College Dragons and our YouTube page, Howard CC Dragon Sports. I'm Louis Garcia. Later on this episode, we'll check in with HCC's new women's basketball coach, Maureen Chakru, as well as men's coach, Jay Dahl. But first, we're going to hear from some of the players who make up the HCC women's basketball team. Actually, you'll be hearing from three players, or exactly half the team. That's right, the women's team is playing shorthanded, and yet they've been much improved over last season. Dragon Sports Radio's Matt Stovall talked to three of the reasons why. Joining us in the studio today, Rebecca Coglin, Liz Parks, Lauren Thompson from the women's basketball team having quite the season, winning record, looking good in both Maryland JUCO and in D2 Region 20, coming off a big win against Chesapeake. I have to start off here with uh, Rebecca Coglin. What was the key to this win yesterday against Chesapeake? Definitely focus and heart. Um, we came out, I guess, slow. Slow, very slow, always in the first half. We always come out slow, but we're definitely a second-half team. So by the fourth quarter, we really knew that we had to push ourselves to the limit in order to win, and that's exactly what we did. And we knew defense was key, so we focused more on defense and offense in the fourth quarter, and that's what helped us get to win because we stopped them from scoring. So, Liz, defensively, what was the key to just slowing down Chesapeake? Traditionally, they're a very good team. They're defending champs, Region 20. So how are you able to slow them down? Uh, communication. Um, our defense, we run through our communication a lot. And when we talk, we play better. And we knew we had to stop two of their players from scoring, especially from the three-point range. So we got out on their shooters and cut it down the fourth quarter. Lauren, would you agree with uh, just shutting down the shooters? Was that number one for you personally out there? Yes, yes. Uh, we always have to get out on our shooters and everything like that. Um, that's definitely one of the main focal points we did at halftime. And that's mainly what got us to win is our communication and our defense. All right. Uh, so Rebecca Coglin, quite the stat line, 12 assists, 17 rebounds, 21 points, 40 minutes against Chesapeake. 40 minutes. What was the key? Were you feeling it yesterday? What was the key? Okay. How did you have such a big game? <laughs> okay. I mean, I was definitely feeling it, but then again, I had to push past the physical pain, and then it took me into the mental, the mental toughness, and that's where it came from. I did my best because then I also realized that it's also my last season here and I want to make everything count, every minute count. So when it comes down to it and I start feeling it and getting tired, I just push as hard as I can to do the best I can towards the end of the game because I know it's my last time playing this team. So when did that set in, that mindset of I better make this last month, last two months count? Probably in like January. I started sitting back and thinking about the season and thinking about how we've changed from last year. And then my future, and I was wondering to myself, am I ever going to play again? And if not, I want to make this season count, and I want to go far and do things that people have not done at HCC because it's going to be my last time here with this team. It's inspiring to hear those words as an HCC fan myself. Uh, Liz, what do you, what, as a whole team, what's the team's goal for this year? I've heard playoffs. Is there any other new goal, or is it still playoffs, tournament? Um, right now it's playoffs, but we just the returners, we want to do better than we did last year. Um, we know that last year was a failure, and um, coming into this season, we all talked before the season started, and we had very high goals for the team. We have talent, and we knew that we had a lot to prove to people, and we came in as an underdog, and I think we're really surprising people this year. 
Uh, Liz, what else can you tell me about this preseason talk? It's pretty interesting. <clears throat> um, I mean, like we got together and we're all very good friends, but we set some goals for the season coming up. And ultimately, we just needed to do better for the whole season and play as a team and not individuals. And that's definitely what's helping with our success this year. Lawrence, what was day one like after this meeting? What, did you notice a change in the demeanor of the whole team? Yeah, I definitely saw a spark. Immediately, I already knew that the season was going to be 10 times better than last season. Um, immediately, like she said, our uh, second-year players, we all stepped up. We kind of tried to take this leadership role, and we tried to lead the newcomers in to um, show them this is what happened last year. We're definitely going to be better this year. We just got to do this, this, and this. And so far, we've been doing that. We just got to keep on pushing. So what was the key to selling the freshmen on this? Because I would just think, like, looking at last year, maybe there might be some friction there. Like, what do you, what do you know? You all were four wins last year or whatever it was. Was there any of that conflict beginning of the, of the season? Not at all. Um, we definitely had better team chemistry this year, and I think that's a main point as to how a lot of our success, too. Um, we definitely told them. They look up to us, so we definitely told them, if you just listen to us. We'll help you out. You help us out. We'll get through this, and we're definitely going to make it. Yeah, definitely, you could just tell just from sitting in the room with you all that everybody seems to be friendly and a little, little different uh, atmosphere from the, from the past. Uh, so I keep hearing from Coach Crew that the team just likes each other. So what do you think it is about this team? Is it sense of humor? What do you, what do you think? What does this team like about each other so much? Definitely that. Sense of humor. Sense of humor. <laughs> definitely yeah. that. Who's the funniest one on the team, would you say? Becca. She gets some good ones on everybody. You don't call anybody out. Do you ever call Coach Shakru out? All the time. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> After she got her surgery, she looked like a female version from the guy from Up. <laughs> uh, sometimes we just take our canes, just walk around with it. We're like, oh, come catch us. And we just slowly walk. <laughs> so is anyone off limits? Like if uh, Diane goes in there, does anybody like have anything to say to Diane? Um. Okay. So everybody within the family of the HCC women's basketball is fair game, though, right? Yes. Basically. Okay. That's pretty cool. Did everybody have that attitude going in, or did some people have to acclimate to being being ripped on and that sort of thing? Um, I think at first some people were like surprised at it because we do go at each other pretty hard sometimes. Um, but I think that's what makes it closer. Everyone's fair game and. If you say something to someone, they'll say it right back. So <laughs> We have that same mentality, too. Everyone's very competitive, too, so yeah. it yeah. works out. Yeah, everybody's talking about goals. It seems very competitive, and it's showing on the court with these wins. How do you feel, uh, Rebecca, right now, just the way your team seems to be trending upward a little bit, getting a big win like Chesapeake? How do you feel going as playoffs right around the corner? How do you feel about the team right now? I feel – I don't know about any of them, but I feel excellent with the team. We Every time we lose to a team – it just gives us a little bit more fire to work harder the next time, work harder the next practice, because, every, like we said, everybody's so competitive on the team, so once we lose, we honestly take it personal. All of us do. So the next time we see them on the court, we know you and we're out to get you. And it's it might sound bad, but that's how we are, and that's how we got these wins so far, was because we're all so competitive. If somebody crosses you up, it's not going to happen again. Or if somebody steals the ball from you, it's not going to happen again. So, Liz, did that change from last year? Because that must have been a painful year if you took everything personal from from last year. Was it was, what, is that new or was that there last year? Last year it was there in doses. Not everybody played with heart, and that's what really hurt us. But this year we're a small team. We're six deep, but everybody has so much heart, and that's the difference. 
But, um, yeah, definitely everyone has that mentality. If you get beat, it's not going to happen the next play, which is a great thing to have because everybody's out there giving it 100% all the time. So from last year, that definitely changed a lot. That's definitely true. Just having six players is really unbelievable when you look at how many minutes everybody's playing. Uh, Lauren, where does that come from, just that will to, you know, you know you're going to play the whole game, but you're still out there trying hard, fighting, living and dying with every possession. Where where does that come from, that, uh, that heart? Um, pretty much it comes from we wanted more. Like you said, last year was really bad. We know what it feels like to lose. We know what it feels like everyone pounding on you. We don't want to feel that again. So we just go out there and put our all into it, and we've been coming out on top. How does it um, affect the strategy, though, only having six players, like not being able to foul, I guess? Foul trouble is probably a huge thing. How do you play defense when you can't foul anybody? It, it makes us. I think it makes us better defenders. Because we know what will happen. We know the consequences. It just makes us better players all around, I think. And honestly, uh, Coach would always tell us, you don't need bodies, you just need heart. And that's pretty much all we do need. So I did see one situation where it almost worked against you, that Hagerstown game, when a you know, player gets a technical and it gets very heated out there. How do you control your emotions in those moments when you have all this motivation and you want to get everybody back, but you also can't foul them, how tough is that, Liz? Uh, you know you have to play smart. And in the heat of the moment, you're going to be upset, but like you have to like go calm your teammate down and be like, listen, like we need you. Like You can't you can't do this. So playing smart is definitely something that we learned to do when we came back and only had six players. And it's hard at moments, but it's going to make us better for the rest of the season. So what's the worst foul trouble? <laughs> have you ever had like two people with four fouls or somebody foul out so oh, far? Yeah. yeah, it's been like three with four fouls. <laughs> That was me yesterday. I had four. So do you get to know the refs a little bit? Are there familiar faces in the conference doing that? Yeah. yeah. When you see them, you know it's going to be a rough night sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you got to control yourself. You can't look at someone. You might go with alcohol. So. Yeah. Right before the game, you see, okay, we got this ref. We go to the one person and be like, look, you're not going to get the call. Just woosa. That's it. Just woosa. Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> so are there certain refs where you just can't even take a charge or can't even worry about that sort of contact in the lane? Yep. So is that something that you don't like to see, like come playoff time, if you see that ref that's going to really hurt the team's game plan, if you see one of those faces? It'll change things, but we'll work around it. And yeah. we've done well with it so far, even playing with three players with four fouls. Yeah, so. Try yeah. not to focus on the refs. Yeah, we try to focus on ourselves and how we can actually use the refs sometimes because I know yesterday they weren't really calling a lot, which was fine because they're calling it even, but you have to learn how to use the refs. You know you're not going to get the foul, then – go up strong, make it look like you get the foul, or if you have a ref that calls everything, draw the foul in. So it could, it could work in our favor sometimes, but majority of the time it doesn't. So, Lauren, I've just noticed you've been shooting the heck out of the ball this season. Mm-hmm. You've really been you know, getting a lot of nothing but net threes from NBA range out there and just Oof. really a big improvement over last year. You were good last year, but this year it seems like you've taken the next step. What was the key to your personal improvement? Um, my uh, trainer... He's just been pushing me, pushing me, and kind of like what Becca said, Dick, this is my last year. I want to make a statement. Um, I wanted to be a shooter last year. I wasn't as good as I wanted to be. I still don't think I am, but I definitely feel that I've improved. And all summer, I've just been working on my shot. How can I make it better? And, yeah, it's in foods. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help but notice. Big buckets at the end of the game. Liz, I've noticed you uh, have a little certain spin you put on the ball. How long have you been doing that spin? It's pretty um, cool to watch. All my free throws, I've been shooting like that since like maybe like I was 12. Nice. Just find a little rhythm. 
<laughs> Even on layups, though, I notice sometimes oh. you'll get in there and you'll you'll put a little spin on there. Is that? It just happens. <laughs> okay. It goes in, so. It looks good on TV. I'm glad Very you cool. like it. <laughs> So we have a, I don't know if you've seen the TV show, we have an analyst, Chuck Nagel, played at Wisconsin. He, I wanted to get your take on his assessment of the team. He says that definitely a dribble, you, you want to you penetrate, get inside, kick it out to the guards. Would you say it's a fair assessment of what you all are looking to do out there? Yeah. 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 Is, he, is he the older gentleman? Sorry. I'd... He's the old guy, yeah. The old guy. Yeah, because I, I, mean, I noticed him saying that we like to uh, slow it down. But I mean, some t- I really don't think we're a slow it down team. We're we're a fast paced push a team mm-hmm. because, as wow. you see, we have six people, so we have to hit them first. We have to make them tired first before we get tired. So it's on our control if we push it to our limits rather than having them control the game. So I mean, other than that, I think we're just a a fast paced team because once we're fast paced, I think we we do better. I notice you all make a lot of mistakes in transition too, and that could be just the difference of wins and losses there. What's the key to Lauren, being able to finish in transition and save the ball if there's a bad pass, where does that come from? Um, geez. Well, obviously, turning the ball over, like you said, is it, it does hurt us a lot. Um, mostly, we just need to calm down. We don't need to really slow it down. We just need to calm down. We're so, as soon as we get a fast break, we think, oh, we have to score, we have to score. We just probably throw the ball up. We just need to calm down, collect ourselves, and get the best shot possible. So I heard everybody laughing on the walk over here about things that might have been left on the cutting room floor of this dragon close-up we did on Rebecca Coglin. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, who wants to open up? What, what was left out? What could we uh, talk uh, about here that maybe was possibly edited out of the, uh, the interview? That um, I don't think people's ears need to hear <laughs> Well, yeah, Rebecca is quite the character, also quite the grinder out there working grinder. all these jobs. And much respect to you, of course, and in the military. Oh, thanks. Liz and Lauren, does that motivate the team at all? Seeing, I know everybody else works jobs, too, and everything. With the, the working class mentality of this team, does that motivate you to get out there and win games, or is that not a factor? Yes, it definitely is. Um, pretty much all of us all work and then come to practice, mm-hmm. and some of us even go back to work after that. So if you put in all the wins we have, that just shows the dedication and heart that we have towards this team. We do all have lives, but we also are dedicated to this team, and that's just – you can't beat that. And that's how we win too much, and that's how we are who we are. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're playing for each other. That's what it's all about. Yes. Yep. It also makes us push harder. Yeah. I'm like, Liz just got off work, I just got yeah. off work, but she's running faster than me. <laughs> why is, why is yeah. this? So now I have to run, so – pushes us so rebecca what time do you wake up in the morning how do you get all this done like you wake up like 4 a.m 3 a.m no No, i mean it all depends on the day like if i work in the morning i wake up early but if not it really just depends on the day like your server so we don't have a set schedule but usually around like eight or nine now because it's winter thank god so it's sleeping in so one thing i like about this team is it looks like like the old Howard men's teams that were good, you all run your stuff out there. You have set plays, a lot of cuts, a lot of people getting open and or- organization. <laughs> so wh- where does that come from? Is that just practice? I know practices have to be modified because you have so few players. So how do you get organized? Um, we definitely do have a couple set plays, and we have a couple of favorite ones that we like to run. And definitely they – you can see them on the court. They work out, and we definitely like our pick and roll. So that helps out a lot. But at practice, we have had to modify it since we have so few players. So we'll start off with shooting drills and then run through our plays and make sure everyone's going to the right places at the right time. 
Well, Rebecca, you're certainly one of the best distributors on the team. Is that more instincts or is that more preparation before the game, just running these plays? Where does that come from? looks like you're kind of ad-libbing a little bit out there. Yeah, I was actually just talking to them earlier about it. I I guess it's just instinct because I assume a person's going there before they get there. So that's where a lot of my turnovers come from too because <laughs> they decide to go someplace else and I just still pass it. But it's I guess it's more instinct and then like – practice like um the coaches I can't deny they have definitely improved this team as well like with the plays they just drilled it in our head they're like you guys can run run fast break run fast break but what's going to happen if a team stops you and then that's where the plays come in and then that's that's definitely allowed us to win a lot of games a lot of tough games just by slowing it down and knowing the plays so it's really just the coaches and I guess everything else yeah so that just sparked something in my head so Coach Anderson, you were close with him before you got here, right? Yeah. So how was that in the offseason, the whole transition of Coach Anderson not being back and Coach Shakrue coming on board with your relationship with Coach Anderson? How, how was that for you? I mean, it, it sucked to see a good coach go, but um, I'm not really sure if the, the team that was that he was coaching last year was definitely the team that he should have been coaching because there's so many different personalities compared to what he's used to. But coming into this season, a lot of things that Coach Chris taught me in the past has definitely stuck with me. And I have to say that he's probably one of the biggest inspirations and reasons I play the way I do today, especially with the distribution. You always told me never to telegraph passes, so I never did. But, I mean, you have to learn to adapt with the coaches, and the, same, the coach had to learn to adapt with the team. So I guess it wasn't – it's not bad. It's just that everything he taught me is always going to stick with me. And then I have new coaches telling me new things, and that's going to stick with me too. Definitely soaking it all in. That was a great answer. Very, very <laughs> perfect right there. So, uh, Liz, what do you like about Coach DeCrew? Her personality, she's yes. definitely out there, but like she yes. makes you laugh, and you never really know what she's going to say to you, so it keeps you on your feet a little bit, but definitely, um, I miss Chris from last year a lot. He gave all, like, all of us a lot of confidence, but she's, like, she's a great person, so we love her. <laughs> Lauren, how about you? What, what do you like about Coach Shakru? She definitely does not sugarcoat anything. She, she, she uh, What I like about her, I, I guess the best way to say it is she treats you like an adult. She doesn't treat you like, you know, she just came from a high school, so she doesn't treat you like one of the teenagers. She treats you like a young adult. She treats you with respect, and she treats you the way that you she would want you to treat her. And that definitely gives me, makes her look better, and it definitely gives me a good look and perspective on her. So I do like that about her. Quite the personality. She's very, I've never met anybody like her. She's, <laughs> she's one of a kind. Just the, the way she talks, her voice, everything about her, she's great. So I want to get to one last thing before we have to wrap up here. Um, what classes are we taking uh, coming up in spring, Lauren? Yikes. Okay. Um, I'm taking a history class, and I'm taking weights class, and taking, I think, another nutrition class. Oh, man, I forgot what classes I'm taking. But, yeah, a lot of electives, I know that. All right. We just have a couple seconds left. Liz, like, what's your favorite class you're going to be taking this spring? I'm looking forward to lifespan development and sports psychology. Those are the two I'm looking forward to the most. Rebecca, how about you? None of them. <laughs> <laughs> not looking forward to any of my classes this year. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much. Good luck. Go Dragons. Make noise in JUCO. Make noise Region 20. Let's get this. Thank right, you. Thank you. you. Thanks, Matt. Coming up next, the woman who's been coaching these players to a surprising season, Maureen Shakru. This is Dragon Sports Radio on Dragon Digital Radio.
listening to Dragon Sports Radio on Dragon Digital Radio. I'm Louis Garcia. In our last segment, we heard from three of the players on this season's surprising HCC women's basketball team, a team that's won 70% of their games this year despite playing with a small roster. Now we're going to get the word from the brand-new coach of that team, Maureen Shakru. She talked to Howard Community College Athletic Director Diane Schumacher for our TV show, Dragon's Lair Update. Here's the extended version of that interview. Coach, tell me, assess your team's performance against Hagerstown. Well, I think I think we got lost at the end by a lack of people. I mean, we had six players, and we did fine. We kept up with them. They they put a, a, a little bit of press on us, and we threw the ball away a couple times. And I think at the end, we came back a little too late. We ran out of time on the clock. What's amazing about your 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 team's performance? I think there were about maybe four layups they missed in the first half, mm-hmm. and the, that that's would be the difference that's in the, the difference game. In the game, yeah. And then it's they're very resilient, though. They come back like they're, no, they're, they're behind. They, they believe in each other, and they they work hard for each other, I think. You know, and I think they each feel like they play certain roles, and they can go. And I think they, they believe they can do anything they have to do. Your team seems to be enjoying what's happening to them this season. Yeah. Um, and, and how is that day-to-day momentum, like, carrying through your practices? Well, it's, it's kind of hard because we only, we only have six players. So practice-wise, you know, we have our time set, but but you can't run them. You can't run six kids for two hours the entire time. There's no way. Um, so we kind of break it into a couple, like some individual drills, and then we work on our offense and our defense. And, and I think they've been done a real good job with that. How are your players' development so far from the beginning of the season to where you see them now? I, I think they have all improved, and I think they have all worked hard to become a team in the sense that I think that they, they expect things from each other and they know that they can do what we have to do to stay close and to possibly win. I mean, the, the game this past weekend against was it Hagerstown, mm-hmm. I think we fell asleep for a little bit and that's what got us and we tried to come back too, too late. But I think we had the ability to come back if we had kept our composure a little bit better. Now, are there plans to try to get some more players, at least for the second half of the season? Because we can still add players to the program. We we have um, talked to some kids, and some of our some of our girls are, are going out um, talking to some of the girls that are playing lacrosse because they're already coming back in. They start soon on conditioning, so they're trying to convince them. It's easier to condition in the gym than be outside in the cold weather. <laughs> so I don't know if we get – we're trying to get maybe two people. Now, this is your first year. Do you ever look ahead as to, you know, the conference, who's first in conference, who's second in conference? What do you like as a coach in that way? I'll be very honest. This is my first year, and I have tried just to keep my people in order and my kids together, and I want them to be accountable to their teammates and to the program. Um, So I have not done a whole lot of looking ahead. Um, I think as, as we get more comfortable, that that will be in it, that will be that we will do that, but this year I have not. I mean, I mean, not. And believe me, there's nothing wrong with that because you're. It seems to me you're the kind of coach that if you take care of your own business, that's what I'm trying to do, and I think that's that's how I did in high school. So I mean, that's kind of what I believe. And you don't get the kids worried about oh, who's your next opponent. I think if they worry about who's the next opponent instead of going out and playing their game, that in a way they could psych them, themselves out. I mean, right now we're doing well and. We want to keep winning. 
So we'll keep winning the way we've been. We're just playing hard and playing the full court and running the full court and doing the things we have to do. So your players do seem to be playing with a lot of confidence. They are. And they and then and I think that has to do with that they some of them played together last year, um, and I think they believe in each other and I think they believe in the things the coaches are trying to promote with them, and that that's been positive for us. With your psychology background, how important is that as a coach when you're dealing with student athletes? I think it's important in the sense that you need to know when to reinforce them. And when, like when to say positive and when to say negative in the sense that I really believe these girls need to hear the positive and to, to build off that positive and not shut them down. Um, it, it doesn't do any good for me to criticize them. I don't, have, have, I don't have lots of players to throw back at them. They have to take care of each other. And I think they've done that. I think they've been very good reinforcing each other and working together. What factors do you think you have brought to the program that we were missing in the, in the previous years? I, I don't understand the previous years in the sense that I'm not going to say anything there on that. I just, for me, I think it's important to have structure. I think it's important to, be rein, to reinforce positively. And I think you build from that. You know, I think that they, I think they know that the program that they're in, all the coaches are for, are for them and to do stuff to help them. And I think that's important. How important is discipline? Okay, I'm not a big verbal person. <laughs> but respect and discipline are important to me. I think, actually, I think that's the whole key. I think they have to respect the coaches, and I think they have to, to do what the coaches ask. And from there, I think it, it all kind of goes hand in hand. You know, I, I'm not going to ask them to respect me and then not respect them. That's not, that's not right. You know, I respect every effort all the girls are giving me, and I think they have shown me total respect. I think that's been great. They seem to be enjoying themselves, too. They are having fun. I think they're having fun because everybody's playing, and, and they're all contributing, and, you know, and in their own way they've, made, they've got roles, but nobody's, like, like, playing over top of what they're supposed to do, in a sense. That they're, they're, they get along with each other, and, and they... You know, they use each other to do what's good for the team. They seem to be communicating well, too, even on, on the court, if there are things that go wrong. Because, you know, we've seen in years past, sometimes kids would yell at each other. This group doesn't do that. No, they don't. But I think that's also because the coaches don't yell at them. I mean, at this point, I, 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 I'm not a yeller. I never have been. And it, actually, if I do yell, then something's wrong. I mean, that's, that's just the way it's always been for me. Um, I think these guys, they communicate well to each other, they respect each other. And I think, you know, we've only, we only had one on the bench the other day, but, you know, depending on who it was, they saw things. It was interesting how they would say stuff that they would say because they could see things different from where they, of what we were doing right or wrong than maybe we saw from the coaching staff, and I thought that was interesting. So that's a good feedback, though, from a coaching standpoint, that they're really thinking the game now. They are. They've come a long way. Um, and I think they respect each other, and they're willing to to do anything they can to to win. How important is scouting? 
like we talk about, especially in our men's area, scouting is just all over the place now in, in, in all of our sports today and the use of technology. How important is scouting for you as a coach? I haven't scouted any game yet, and I'm not saying that in a good way or a bad way because right now we have to know ourselves and what we can do and be comfortable with that. So, you know, to to scout, I mean, I think eventually I will, but I think I have to get, one, I think we have to have more players so that we know that we're okay in that sense. But I think that maybe over time I will get more comfortable that way. Are you adjusting to the community college world? I mean, it's it's very it's different very from different. high school. It's very different. Um, I think I am. I think I see, I see, I see things different now than I did before. Um, and I actually, the biggest thing for me has been actually like the whole practice thing, because we, since we've had so few kids, it's been hard. You know, I just think. I had a whole thing of th- things we were going to do, and you know what? We cut it in half. We're not even more than half, you know, in the sense that let's just keep it simple. Let's do the simple these things, and what we do, we, we want to be good at, and then over time we'll increase and we'll do better. So, um, from that standpoint, as you reflect on your career of over what twenty five years of coaching on on you know the high school level now at, at this level. How do you manage to keep everything in perspective? Everybody's crazy about winning. We have a society that's just insatiable with regard to, to winning. I, I agree with that. Um, I don't know. I'm a pretty low-key person, so I think that helps guide me in, in how I do. And I get mad and I get frustrated, but I think over time I've learned to keep my perspective and not put pressure on the girls that they don't need to have because they want to have fun and that's what it should be. It should be fun and it should be positive. Um, and I think if we, I keep that attitude, then they'll keep that attitude. Okay, now we need to finish in the top eight if we're going to go to the Maryland Juco Conference and well, I kind of checked on that. Our goal, like is to fin- right now. our goal is to finish in the top eight. I, you know, I know who we have to play and I know, I know who's ahead of us and I know, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, that's our goal. And I think that's a realistic goal. And I want us to, you know, I hope that we can finish at least 500 this year so that's that my these goal. kids that's certainly can go to postseason because yeah. I want them to know that they've earned it now. And that's Our goal is to get to 500, and we have a bunch of games left, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I think we have the, we have the girls to do it. Let's just see if we can finish it. What will it take to finish it? Because you've only got six players right now. No one can fail. No one can be in foul trouble. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's no one can foul, and they have to play within themselves. I think they have to play as a group, and they have to um, just leave it all out on the floor every time they go out there. They can't, there can't, there can't, can't be any what-ifs, because if there's a what-if, then you didn't leave it. Do they like the new uniforms? They like all of everything this year. Yes, they do. They do like their new uniforms. Well, Coach, good luck the rest of the season. I hope you make it to the top eight, get into the tournament, (laughs) and get into postseason play for the first time in a while. Thanks. I hope so, too. If you want to watch Dragon's Lair Update, just go to our YouTube page, Howard CC Dragon Sports, where we also have plenty of Dragon's highlights as well as player profiles. When we come back, HCC men's coach Jay Dahl on the trials and tribulations of the season for his team. This is Dragon Sports Radio on Dragon Digital Radio.
Welcome back to Dragon Sports Radio. I'm Louis Garcia. While the Howard Community College women's basketball team has looked much improved over last season, the Dragons men's squad has taken a giant step backward thanks to a variety of issues on and off the court. Coach Jay Dull talked about his team's travails with HCC Athletic Director Diane Schumacher on the set of our TV show, Dragon's Lair Update. Here's the extended version of that interview. Coming off the winter break, your roster has now changed. It's a a smaller roster than when you first started. Does that help you or hurt you? It, it kills us, but it it started even before that. You know, with with all the issues that we had uh, coming in, and then it got compounded by me suspending a couple guys um, because they didn't want to come back at break time uh, from from break. Missed a couple practices, so we went into Anne Arundel um, very shorthanded. Um, I didn't play two of my starters, my two leading scorers. Um, the guys that were left um, ended up playing a pretty darn good game against them. And, um, I, I left the game, even though we lost that game, I left that game um, feeling pretty good about where we were at. <clears throat> and then, uh, then the Hagerstown game came and kind of put me back into where I was before that game. So getting back to the, to the break, I guess that's the adjustment high school kids need to understand with college-level sports, and specifically basketball. You have a very short break over Christmas holidays that you have to commit to practices. So these kids still don't understand to adapt to that at right. this level. Right. Well, you know, since it, 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 it's regardless of what level you're at at the college level, if you're going to go on and play at a four-year school, you know, most of the places where I've been, you, have, you don't get a break. Um, I think uh, last year was the first time I was home at Christmas for for last time I can remember. I mean, we were traveling all the time, and and, uh, all these guys have these aspirations to go on to a higher level, and they don't understand that uh, you can't just show up at those institutions and and just fit right in and... uh, you, you come to a junior college, you get exposed to some of that stuff. I mean, we had eight days off, and to not be able to get everybody back here f- for two practice games, and then, and or two practice days between the two holidays, and then leading up to Anne Arundel, my two my two starters that I didn't play in that game didn't show up for either one of those games on Monday and Tuesday before the Wednesday game. So that uh, that's extremely frustrating to me. Um, I'm a pretty emotional person. Um, because of the emotion that I show, um, sometimes, sometimes that affects my own personal um, demeanor, my own way of handling things. Um, the people who get punished are the people that are doing the right things. And, uh, you know, I, tr- I, I try not to, to blame the whole thing, but it, that, it, that's really tough as a coach because, you know, we had a lot of high aspirations going into this season. And right now we're nowhere near where we can be and we're nowhere near where I, where I think we should be. So losing players, losing some of the break, you know, hurts continuity, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, and you've had adversity this year. And I think, I think that's, what, that's what guys don't understand today. You know, they just lace it up and let's go play, and, and you can't do that. They're, they're, 
college basketball is the players are too good, the coaches are too good, the teams are too good, and if you think you're just going to lace it up and show up, um, you're going to end up on the losing side most of the time. And um, I don't know what it is in our society that that has, has caused those issues. I do have a lot of beliefs that I want to get into now, but... Um, you know, guys just need to understand they make a commitment to a program. And, you know, my old boss, Frank Mitchell, always used to hold the scholarship in, in guys, um, you know, to, when, when they aren't doing something that they're supposed to be doing, he would always say, I'm, I've held up my end of the deal. I gave you the scholarship. You got room, board, tuition, books, fees, all that. Now, all I'm asking in return is you to be to practice on time. You be to practice every day. Um, you work as hard as you're capable of working and listen and do the things that I ask you to do. Coach, I'm going to delve into that a little bit because I think that is an important piece to mm-hmm. this this whole genre of, of kids wanting to play college sports. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on kids today to play college sports. Ball and Absolutely. for lots of different reasons. So, I want to attack that a little bit. Uh, tell me a little bit about some of the factors that you think, because you're you're in the trenches. Yeah. Well, you see? I, I think it, it starts with a mentality t- to start with. Basketball, football, they're real high-profile sports. So, a lot of guys that play basketball really don't like to play the game. To be perfectly blunt with you they they're playing it for all the wrong reasons they're playing it because it's a high profile sport um i've been saying you know i've been doing this for 30 I'm, i lose track 38 years whatever um and and i've been saying since day one basketball is a team sport football is probably the ultimate team sport but basketball is right there with it and if you get into basketball for individual reasons you're in the wrong sport I say, why don't you go out for wrestling? Why don't you go out for swimming? Why don't you go out for track? Why don't you become a tennis player, golf, golf player? Basketball's not for you if you want if you want in it for all the individual things. The individual things come when great things happen with your team. People don't get MVPs on losing teams. I mean, it happens once in a while, but the losing the the MVP of the NBA is generally a guy that's in the final finals maybe maybe not win it but at least in the picture and um it it it, is not about individualism and like i said basketball is a very team-oriented sport and if you don't play it as a team it kills you for example uh we're in a game against hagerstown we're in a, a, a press half court press and my two back guys are supposed to match up with whoever is back in their area. They're supposed to match up with them. And I pulled one of my players out because he didn't match up with him. And he goes, but coach, there was a guy in the middle. I needed to cover him. And no, you, no, you didn't. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility was to match up with the guys behind you. And, and the top guys are supposed to f- drop and cover the middle. So now you go up to cover the middle and the back guy's open. That's, that's discipline, and that's team play. You have to trust your teammates that they'll cover that middle, and they have to trust that you're going to cover the back where you're supposed to be. And if one guy is not doing 
his or her job, then the defense cannot be successful. And that's just one example. But but you heard me say trust. Um, you got to have trust in your coaches that they're going to put you in the right things. You've got to have trust in your teammates that they're going to be where they're supposed to be. And your teammates have to have trust and your coaches have to have trust in you. But they also have to be accountable, yes. right? Yes. For the things that they should be doing or they should not be doing. And I think that's where you are in this season because you're trying to lay down a foundation. You know, that, that's another thing I've been telling my, my teams for years and years and years. I call it the third grade syndrome, third grade recess syndrome. And sometimes third grade recess breaks out in our practices it even breaks out in games sometimes if if you recall you know i was i was a physical educator um and i had recess duty when i was an elementary school teacher and and i can remember third grade recess i can remember when i was in third grade and it's that it's that syndrome where um the teacher calls a young person over and says, why did you do that? Well, he hit me first. And then the other guy comes over and says, no, he hit me first. And then it becomes a, a, an argument. And, and to, so to, in answer to your point about um, being held accountable, it, it's, it's like third grade recess, and these guys are college kids. We can't have third grade recess break out in our practice. It, it destroys the continuity of what we're trying to do. We can't have it break out in a game because it destroys the continuity of what we're trying to do. And, and somewhere along the line, young people aren't getting that message that we can't have third grade recess at the college level. I also think, you know, the, the culture's obsession with winning, mm-hmm. I think, really challenges you as a teacher coach model in, in teaching kids what it takes to win. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all about knowledge. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, even more so than knowledge, because the knowledge will come, but, but the effort, and, you know, and I, I, I've harped on effort since the day I got here, and it's something that's extremely frustrating to me with this group because we do have some talent, but I can't get five guys to give me total effort for an entire possession, let alone for an entire 40-minute game. Is that because, and I've watched your t- this team play this year, that they're holding on to whatever their past is, that they're not quite committed 100% into the buy-in to let things go because they're afraid to fail. They're, they're afraid to make a mistake. Um, I'm sure that it, it, that has something to do it, but I, I, I put the blame on me because this all started at the very, very, very beginning of the school year with, with my team. I couldn't get guys to get their paperwork in. I couldn't get guys to um, have it be cleared so that they could work out in conditioning. We had to condition because of another job that I had. We had to condition in the morning. And it was the same guys showing up every morning and the same ones not showing up every morning. And I kind of got tired of it. And uh, I finally just... I, I just said the guys that are showing up are, are in condition now. The guys that aren't showing up aren't going to be in condition. So um, we're going we're gonna to stick to our on-court workouts, which allow us to play two, two hours a week. And so it, so it all started back at that time, just to make a long story short. And that, that is my fault. Um, I take full blame for where we're at. And uh, um, I'm trying to rectify it. But once the thing starts to slide downhill, it's really hard to get it to come back uphill. And uh, 
and and there's a lot of issues that are going on with this sure. team right now. Yeah. So so where we are today, what individuals are you seeing improvement from? I like to start with Taquan Hall. Um, he's he's a real quiet individual, um, almost to a detriment. But he during the time that he's quiet. He's focused and paying attention, and that's another issue. Focus is another issue. Um, we get into a timeout, and I and I change defenses, and I repeat it six or seven times, and they come out of the timeout, and we're not in the defense that I said. Two people are, three people aren't, and that's a that's a focus thing. But getting back to Taekwon, he he is he, he has demonstrated to me, even though he's so quiet, it's hard to understand. You know, to determine whether he's focused, um, that he is focused because he knows what we're doing, and he's done everything that I've asked him to do, um, and uh, he's just a he's a joy he, he's a joy to coach. Ryan Jackson's another individual who's really um, at first he didn't get it, he he wondered why he wasn't playing, and then I think it clicked in his head that well. Coach keeps harping on effort. If I just play hard, you know, I'm not going to be perfect, but if I just play hard, I'll get some playing time. And sure enough, I mean, he practices very, very hard now. Where at the beginning of the year, he, he didn't. He kind of moped around because he wasn't in the starting lineup. So those, those two individuals, and there, there's, you know, there's a few more guys too, um, but, but those two stand out. <clears throat> That's what I mean. It's very difficult this year because you have the majority of your kids are freshmen, mm -hmm. and you don't have enough leaders from the second-year programs to really, you know, lead the way that you expect them to lead. So you're having a, you know, it's a challenge year for you. Do you have any leaders at this time? Um, Ryan is one that's trying to lead, but he doesn't have the credibility because of the way he started the season. And I think young people need to understand that. Um, if you're going to lead, you got to have credibility because people aren't going to listen to you if you don't. And um, and I lost credibility as a leader because of the way the season started and and not being able to get all this paperwork stuff taken care of. And so so I've learned a lot too. Um, the guys that were given leadership responsibility in on this team. Um, have been very inconsistent with their leadership. One day they lead very well. Next day they're pouting and moaning and, and, and sulking. And, and another day they're arguing. And so it, it, it's kind of gone back and forth. And, and, uh, and again, like I said, I, I take total blame with where we're at right now. Well, no, you can't teach chemistry. Mm -hmm. Does this team have any chemistry? We've shown slashes of it. Um, that's what I'm grappling with right now. Some people wonder why they're not in the lineup as much because they're, I've come to the conclusion there are certain individuals that I may not be able to play on the, on the floor at the same time. And when you only have eight guys, I mean, we're supposed to have nine, but, but um, Kenyon Southers has some issues going on at home, and, and he missed the last game and hasn't been to the last two practices. Oh, so wow. so that, that situation is, it has, has gotten us down. Instead of having nine guys, now I have eight guys. And, uh, but but um, there are guys that I, I still haven't made any decisions yet, but there are some guys that I'm thinking about I can't have them on the floor at the same time because 
they don't have chemistry or they refuse, maybe more important, they refuse to have chemistry with each other. So how do you keep your team motivated despite the adversity and despite the struggles with the wins and losses? Um, That's... That's a hard thing to do. That that's one reason when 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 I took this job and and they changed the the tournament um, structure to only eight teams making it. When you have a team, a, a coach can end up having his teams play their best basketball at the end of the year, and a lot of times, team. I mean, um, we we sent. Uh, Dundalk kind of came out of nowhere last year, and not the not, I shouldn't say out of nowhere, but but they weren't they weren't the top team. It was Frederick and, and Garrett, and Frederick kind of fell by the wayside, and Dundalk got in there and got to the tournament. And the reason why was because they were playing their best basketball at the end of the season. We beat them early in the season last year, early in the season. So now we, you only have eight games or you only have eight teams that you take to the to the Maryland State tournament and you're in a situation where you got to keep guys motivated and if it, you know when you don't have any wins and they start looking at okay we're three games behind the eighth place team in the win column then you start to look at can can we get this done there's still mathematically a chance that we can get in that top eight but if we don't start changing some things around um it's going to be tough and then that makes motivation that much tougher down the road so when they made that decision um that was disappointing to me because um I think I think you're you've got a season, you've got a situation where where um, it, it's supposed to be a league, and um, I don't know. I, I wasn't here when they made that decision, so I don't know what the ra- all the rationale was for the decision being being made to only go with eight. But um, you know, as long as I've been in Maryland, they've always had the you know that that state tournament was always everybody in the league, and so that that's been disappointing. But but. Other than, than, than that, you know, you can just continue to, to uh, come to practice with a positive attitude as a coach. Um, I'm not preparing for practice any different than I was at the beginning of the year. I mean, I, I always, it takes me two, three hours to prepare my practice plan every, every day. I plan by the week, um, and, and then I plan individually every day. So, <clears throat> you know, I need to just let them know, stay positive. It's hard to stay positive, just like for a player. It's hard to stay positive when you're not winning. I was going to say to you as a coach, you know, we try to motivate your kids, but what about you as a coach this time of the season with with what you've been dealing with this year? You know, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay positive? Well, like I said, going back to the Anne Arundel game, after that game, I felt good about what we were doing. We put in a new offense that the guys ran extremely well for the first game that we had Put it in. We had only had it in for two two uh, days, and uh, and they stuck with they stuck with the plan, and and so I get I get motivated motivated by not not the wins and losses anyway. I've never been motivated by that. I've been motivated by guys that want to come and play hard and do the things that I'm asking them to do, because I I see myself as kind of a strategist. I I love to game plan. I love to to teach. I love to um, plan practice in in ways that will stay keep things competitive. And and with with all that being said, 
um, if if things stay stay um, consistent and and uh, um, I feel like I'm giving the guys um, a positive look at things that that I'm still in the game that uh, that that motivates me to continue to do what I'm doing. On the other hand, it, it, it can make motivation tough for me when I start to look at, I tried this, 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 and it starts to look like maybe they're cashing it in, then it, it's, it's hard for me to stay motivated. So moving forward now, and, you know, all of a sudden, let's say the light bulb goes on and you are in, a, uh, in contingent for, for uh, the top eight, or let's say you're not in the top eight, what do you play for then? What do you play for in the this, this second part of your season? And how do you finish up a season? Well, that's really hard to say because... If I could have gotten the guys to do what I wanted to at the start by just worry about playing with effort every time you step on the floor, then that would be taken care of itself. But I haven't got them to play with effort every time that they step on the floor. So, um, you know, I'll continue to harp that. Um, you can motivate by the using the bench. Um, if guys don't want to do the things that are required, then they can just sit on the bench. Um, again, that's a hard thing to do when when you're not winning or when you have low numbers. But, uh, you know, I, I've never been one to be motivated by wins and losses. I've been motivated by, by trying to get my guys to play the best they're capable of playing. Would you even consider maybe a change instead of a typical two-hour practice? Would you even consider maybe just going down to an hour, an hour and a half? But it has mm-hmm. to be a, a 100% effort for everything as a motivator right. for your kids. Have you given thought to something like that going Yeah, I was thinking stretch? about that today as I was planning planning my practice today. I was going to shorten it up and then uh, and then I got thinking, you know, I got writing things down of what I wanted to get accomplished and and it didn't end up as short as I wanted it to. But at 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 this stage of the season, you know, you start to short shorten things up. But see, we got so many guys that are so analytical. They're going to read into it. Oh, coach is quitting on us. And so now you got another issue that you have to deal. I'm not quitting. I don't quit. Um, but there can be that perception, okay, we used to we used to practice for two hours, now he's only coming in for an hour and a half. And and so that can be alleviated by you know, talking and saying, you know, it, it's normal. But see, I've I've told these guys it's it's normal f- to motivate by the bench. That it, pretty much every coach I know in the country motivates by using the bench, and they wanted to argue with me about that that fact. So so if I say everybody's, you know, shortens their season as the year goes on, you've been in coaching long enough, you you know that that's that that's a fact. But I'll guarantee you, somebody on the team is going to say, uh, no, not every coach does that. Well, okay. We can argue all you want. Let's 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 have some, you know. It's like at the end of the game the other night. You know, I opened the floor up to the guys, and I heard a lot of what the problems were, but I didn't hear too much about what the solutions are. So that is that is a solution to try to shorten things up, make it more intense for a shorter period of time. Well, coach, whatever you do, I know that you're going to keep 
trying all these things until something clicks as a light bulb with these kids, and you still have time. So I want to wish you good luck the rest of the season. Yeah, I appreciate that, and I and I do I I do have some young guys that are going to be back next year, and and uh, um, you know they they've got that to play for, and they and they just need to they need to stay positive. And then then the the sophomores that are going to be moving on, they they still have opportunities, some D one opportunities, some D two scholarship opportunities. So um, you know it, 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 it. I started off by saying it wasn't about um, individual things, but at the end of the season, as it comes down to, that's when you start to worry about the individual things. But it, you know we're not there yet. We're we still got an opportunity. I think we have eight eight or nine games left. I think <clears throat> if these kids really buy into the effort. I think other things will come for them, and then the focus, and then shorten up your practice a little bit, and I think you may see some good things. Yeah, I agree. Good luck, Coach. Thanks. Well, that wraps up this episode of Dragon Sports Radio. Remember to check out the brand-new website for HCC Athletics. Just go to howardccdragons.com. And if you want to watch highlights of our Howard Community College teams, go to our YouTube channel, Howard CC Dragon Sports, where you can also watch our award-winning show, Dragon's Lair Update. If you missed any part of the show or if you'd just like to hear it again, download our podcast. It's on iTunes. And if you like the show, then like us on Facebook at Howard Community College Dragons. Dragon Sports Radio is produced by Matt Stovall and me. For the Dragon Sports team, I'm Louis Garcia. So long for now.